0: My nickname has been Ferchuky for my whole life, and that's. But at some point, people started to call me Banana Man, Machete Man, uh, Banana Guard, Super Banana. So at the end, I said, okay, you know. At the beginning, I didn't like it because also in the at university the people they said, hey Banana Man, I really hated it at the beginning. But at the end, I decided just to take it as a compliment, and I said, okay, then I, I will I will be Banana Man for you. I and mean, I'm just trying to do this funny stuff.
1: Hi there, you're listening to the podcast What Are You Going to Do With That of the Minerva Center for the Rule of Law Under Extreme Conditions at the University of Haifa. I'm your host, my name is Dani, and I'm a PhD candidate hoping to gain some insights and tips from other early career researchers in each episode. Check out our social media accounts with the handle at What To Do With That, where the 2 is spelled with the number 2 our website and YouTube channel for more information on our former and future guests and, of course, some PhD advice. Today's guest describes himself as a banana scientist during work time and a banana man at free time. And this is Dr. Fernando A. Garcia Bastidas. Fernando studied agronomic engineering at the Universidad de Nariño in Colombia, where he already focused on plant disease epidemiology and plant breeding. He continued with an MA in Biotechnology at the Universidad Nacional de Colombia, during which he worked on coffee, meaning the plant, but I guess that he had plenty of the drink too. Following the MA, Fernando spent a few years as a researcher in the coffee breeding program at Centro Nacional de Investigaciones de Café, before he made his way to Wageningen University in the Netherlands to pursue his PhD in Experimental Plant Sciences, which he has concluded in 2017. He then stuck around the city of Wageningen, and is currently a postdoctoral researcher at Keygene. There, he focuses on the development of resistant bananas to a fusarium called Tropical Race 4, also known as Panama Disease. So Fernando is not just a banana man, but more of a banana hero, as he tries to save the bananas that we eat. In addition to his research, Fernando educates and consults others on disease diagnostics in Latin America and the Caribbean, and he co-authored reports of the first incursion of the disease in Jordan, Pakistan, Lebanon, Myanmar, Laos, Vietnam, and Colombia. It's also important to know that Fernando is a creative content creator. He makes photos, films, and cartoons, which you can find on Instagram and Twitter with the handle at Verchakietoons and at Garcia. So go on and check it out after this episode. Welcome, Fernando. How are you doing?
0: Hello, Dani. Thank you very much for the invitation. I'm fine. It's getting colder in the Netherlands, but uh, still uh, enjoying the the shiny sun.
1: Oh, that's nice. We have some sun today too, but we had our first rain last week. (laughs) Oh, wow in the middle east yeah. that's how it is right um exactly. and i actually also wanted to mention here that i've already met you before right before we started recording this
0: yeah exactly as
1: you were one of the speakers of our first early career researchers virtual conference that took place in september on zoom and i can recommend our listeners to view your 10 minute presentation on our youtube channel what to do with that if they want to know more about your research but in the meantime i'm going to pour myself my favorite drink, my amaretto. What did you bring with you today?
0: I just have my very big mug of Colombian coffee.
1: That looks like a huge mug, yeah. (laughs) Is it very strong too?
0: It's not really strong, it's just a lot of coffee. (laughs) Okay. You know, we really, in Latin America, or at least as a Colombian, we really enjoy coffee as a drink. It's not (laughs) our... A punch to start the day or something for the caffeine. It's just we like coffee and we drink it all the whole day. We drink it during breakfast, lunch, dinner. Uh, as a in the in the middle day, so there is not a rule. We drink a lot of coffee. Still we can sleep. So
1: how many a cup of yours is this today?
0: Uh, I don't know, but this is at least the the fourth.
1: Okay. Well, this is my first.
0: <laughs> wow! Yeah. I know that some people can drink just a little bit of coffee and that's it for the whole day, but we really need coffee. And I I drink coffee before going to sleep. So that's also a rule in Colombia. You get your coffee before you go to bed.
1: Really? Wow. (laughs) Okay.
0: Yeah, it's true.
1: I I think I would also have a little bit of amaretto before sleeping. It would do me better than coffee, but cheers. I'll try it. (laughs) Cheers. Okay, so let me get started with a few short questions in order to get to know you a bit better. Okay. So the first one might not be surprising is what is your favorite banana recipe?
0: Oh, that's a difficult question. But actually, yesterday I posted the, the one that in my opinion is the best thing that you can do with the, the banana, uh, but not the, the common banana that we know is this is the type of cooking banana. So it's called patacones or tostones. It's a double fried uh, snack made with plantain, which is the cooking banana. That's definitely the best banana that you can eat.
1: I think that the Dutch half of me really likes the idea of frying everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: So I should try it.
0: I always said that this is when somebody asked me to, because I really enjoy cooking, when somebody asked me to cook something, and for sure I know that is is going to be a complete success is that one. Because there are <laughs> other Colombian things that I cook usually and some like it, some others not. But so far, the patacones is a complete success. Everyone liked it.
1: And we can find the recipe on your Twitter account. Yes.
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Yesterday, uh, uh, coincidentally, I posted.
1: Great. We'll look it up.
0: (laughs) Okay. Thank you.
1: Next question. In just a few words, Mm -hmm. what is the best about living in Colombia? And what is the best about living in the Netherlands?
0: Well, the best thing living in Colombia is, of course, in my case, family-friendly people, the food, and the landscapes. And in the Netherlands, the best thing is just uh, it's very safe. That's uh, essentially the thing that I I really enjoy here because you can just go at night wherever you want, and you don't need to be worried that something's going to happen to you. Those things can not happen not only in Colombia. In the complete Latin America, is something that you should uh, be uh, careful with that. So the sense of security in the Netherlands is the best thing.
1: So that must be very relaxing for you in a way.
0: Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Enjoying that a lot.
1: Great. And then in the Netherlands, where do you spend most of your time? Are you mostly in your home office, an actual office or in the lab?
0: During this period, because of the COVID, we are not allowed to be at work too much. However, people that are working in the lab or in the greenhouse uh, are allowed to go but only in shifts so I'm in the morning shift I try to go at least four times per week because I have experiments Uh, but the rest of the day I'm just at home working
1: all right so mostly at home you'd say right now
0: right now 50 50
1: okay all right and what do you like better
0: I I like uh, to be honest to be productive I, I really prefer my office because I'm not very very Discipline in this way. uh, If I have to stay at home, I have too many distractions. So that's why I force myself to really go to the office every day because at home I'm less productive, to be honest.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, Because you're also very much distracted, I guess, uh, by social media sometimes. And that leads to my next question. I saw that uh, you had posted this thing following the trend, how it started and how it's going. And in the picture Uh of how it started, you're holding You're a child, right? And you're holding a machete next to your granny, who you mentioned in the post gave it to you as a present. And then there's a picture of how it's going today. Um, And you're also holding a machete in what looks like to be your office. And I don't necessarily want to know what you're doing with it today in that office, but what were you doing with it as a child?
0: I understand that for some people, it's very difficult to understand. I also my, I got a lot of comments from people here, with my colleagues, and, and they're were surprised at how is that possible. Because actually, the one I have at the moment, I'm the only one allowed to even touch it. So nobody can even uh, go to my office and take it or something because it's a weapon in the Netherlands. So it, it was really a problem to get it, but it was something necessary because I'm using it to cut these big trees of bananas. So I, I use it for that. When I was little, I was doing essentially the same, just cutting plants with my grandmother, helping to cut the grass for the rabbits and the guinea pigs, because we grow them as food in some op- uh, opportunities. So I was essentially doing that and playing, just being a, a child, but of course, with a knife, is, <laughs> it's very weird, <laughs> but, but it was my present and I was super happy that day.
1: It lo- you look very happy in the picture. Yes <laughs>
0: I I was extremely happy.
1: Nice. But maybe it's okay yeah. that right now no one else is touching that and that it's in a safe place just in
0: case. <laughs> exactly. I have a, a new technician working with me and he's really afraid of that. So he recommend the the managers of the greenhouse to put it in a box with a key. So because he's uh, for some reason super scared of that so he prefers when he works in the greenhouse, to be that thing under the lock. (laughs) Oh, and if uh, it
1: makes him feel better, it's a good start, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Totally understandable.
1: (laughs) The last short question that I have is, do you think you could live without your smartphone or any other technology item for 24 hours?
0: I don't think so. I don't think so uh, because probably we will get in this later. But for me, nowadays, it became a kind of part of my life. Um I have my work link to that, but also business link to that and I I really need to check my my phone very often. However, I have some tips like for example this schedule um, post so I prepared that during the weekends and I I have a specific post per day or per week and then it just go automatic like today for example, at 12, always the insect picture. So that's, uh, I don't even need to check because it's already there. So that's uh, some, uh, those are some tips that I can advise people to use in order to keep a concentrate.
1: Right, which is important. Um, And you're giving a very honest answer there because I feel like I have to check my phone all the time. Of course, I would say to everyone that's also because my work and my emails and my supervisors connect with me through that. So it's actually a professional kind of a thing. But it also yeah, exactly. related to all the other social media that pings all the time, right? So that's yeah, very absolutely. honest. Thanks for that. All right. So now that I know you a bit better, um, I'm mm-hmm. ready to dig in to the part of your academic journey. Um, and I start okay. at the beginning, which I usually do. So you started your academic journey with studying agronomic engineering yep. and then an MA in biotechnology. Yeah. Could you explain why you were interested in these fields to begin with and how the BA and the MA connected?
0: Yeah, um, it's also something very different in my country. And it's also cultural, but you, we have also the same like path. We start with the BS, then master, then um, the PhD. But in our case as Colombians, I would say 80% of Colombians um, never see the 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 phd as a this path as a straight line we do it when we need it so i studied agronomy because i really love the the agro world i was as you can see in that picture that you mentioned earlier i was in the countryside and that i was just completely happy at that moment growing coffee growing bananas helping my my grandparents and my aunts and everyone so I really enjoyed that. I really wanted to study something like that. And there was an agronomist in my family, which was like the most successful person. So it was kind of an example for me and he was really traveling and that's what I wanted also. So I studied this um, career, which is also different in Latin America is five years. So after that, you are ready to really work in the field. So you don't need to study a master or something because you are prepared to, to manage a crop or, or to teach, etc. So when I finished my, my BS, I, con- I decided to go directly to work. So I, I was very lucky that I, I did my uh, internship in this uh, institution that is one of the best, and it was a dream for me to be there, but it's another story how I, I reached there. But then I did my internship there and I was immediately hired to work as a researcher in a, nice. a breeding program. So I was there working for almost seven years and during this time I got in this kind of comfort zone, right? Like I'm happy, I have a good salary, good job and I just said, thought, okay, this is, this is it, I just don't want to change this, perfect. But then, I noticed that people that started to enter the company uh, started to go higher than me, even though my time there, and it was because of the studies. Okay. So I said, okay, if I want to go further in this company, if I want to grow, I need to do more. That's why I decided to do the, the master, actually. Uh, initially, it was just ambition. It was not related to... Of course, I, I always loved science. That was, I decided to do my internship in in this research institute and not like the others just selling products, uh, agronomical products or managing crops like that. I really wanted to be a, a researcher and then the master was very nice because really taught me to be a good researcher, to write papers, to go to conferences, uh, this kind of things. So because I was doing research, I was reading mm, coffee, but the, the master gave me this sense of science, a real science that's how it connected.
1: Yeah, that's how it connected. That's good. <laughs> but how did it uh, work to do a full-time job and also an MA? And, and how did you also manage to finance that? Did your work help you or support you in, in doing that, in pursuing that?
0: No. Um, actually, it was kind of very difficult time. I, of course, asked my company, my institute, if they could support me. I, my boss was a nice guy so he said we can give you some support but not in the morning so you have to pay yourself that but we will give you the time to go because I have to travel every week five hours driving to another city to to follow my master uh, so my boss was okay with me leaving uh, on Thursdays so I I, I worked Thursday until midday and then on Friday I was studying and then the weekend and then I returned on Monday to work and it was, as I said, it was tough. I paid myself. It's very expensive there, but it was, it was nice. It was like almost three years in that uh, situation, and it was even more difficult because during the same period I got another additional job in the weekends to as a teacher in the university, in one of the universities close by. So I decided to take also that. It was really a very busy time, but it was also very nice for me to to become more. Uh, active and to use the time properly.
1: So that's also when you found out that you really liked doing research? Yes, Okay.
0: absolutely, absolutely. We were doing research, we were publishing um, in the journal of the company Uh, and I tried to publish in in other journals but it was not possible because um, the level was uh, too high in some cases so um, and also the language is the limit I didn't speak English at that time I was actually learning French to see because when I started the master I also thought already to go for a PhD so I I thought that my path would be in France because all my bosses studied there and France is very strong in coffee research so that was my idea but everything changed
1: Right. So I understood from what I've seen on your resume that I've seen earlier uh, that after the MA, uh, you continued working at that uh, coffee breeding place for a few more years before you started doing the PhD. So I was going to ask you, like, when did yeah. you decide that that's what you were going to do? Uh, because you also said that actually in the beginning, you were going to do the master's so that you could climb up the ladder within work. But then you started doing the MA and yes. then you were interested in research. So what happened there and how yes. did it change?
0: Exactly. For me, the masters and the people I met during my master, my teachers, th- those people really changed my life. As I said, I was just already uh, happy in this company and I was doing everything to just grow, to become... Uh, we, we know we have these um, researchers, um, scientists and, and so on. And actually, that's why when I I was cl- close to finish my masters, I started to talk to my boss to see the possibility to go for a PhD because I really wanted to continue. And at that moment, my idea was to go to France, learn, and come back to this institute to just return everything, you know. But uh, yeah, things changed. Uh, yeah, exactly, and just become. A, and that was my plan actually, even when I started at it but then also my, my story changed. Then when I met this teacher in the, during my master's, I told him like, I wanted to, to do a PhD. Can you help me? Can you give me some guidance? Do you ha- know people? And he said, you know, yes, I, now I know somebody in the Netherlands that is looking for researchers, for PhD students for a big project in banana. And then immediately I said, banana, but I'm, I, I'm not very strong in banana. I would like to go with coffee. And he might and this teacher said, you know, it's exactly the same you're doing now with coffee, but in banana. So it's breeding for resistance.
1: But also in the Netherlands and not in France, which was your original idea. It's also very strange, no?
0: Yeah, and I did, and I always very honest with this. I didn't know anything about the Netherlands.
1: It's a very small place.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I said okay, I, I knew the, the, the general things, but anything about research or the university because I was focused first to go to either the U.S. or France for my PhD. That was my idea the whole time. And then at the end, I talked to my boss in coffee and trying to to get some help from him to go to France. But things started to really change, like uh, very difficult. So everything was ready and then something happened and then it has to be postponed six months and then again and again and again. And then I said, you know, there is this great opportunity and I'm going to apply for the banana.
1: Okay. And so you did.
0: Yeah, I, I will get it. If not, I will continue with the coffee. And then I had to compete for that uh, position in banana, but I had a lot of experience already because I was working for five years. So my, the people I had to, uh, let's say, compete for this position were just graduated So from the BS, immediately mastered so i i easily let's say don't take me wrong but easily won this position so because i had already papers i had five years working in the lab so i had a lot of experience so the guy here in the netherlands which will be my mentor later said no you you are ready you can come and then that's how i started
1: okay so then you left colombia you came to the netherlands that you didn't really hear about much before
0: exactly with the idea to finish and come back to coffee so uh, my love for coffee was absolutely it is yet very deep i love coffee more than you can imagine not just the drink but the plant the crop itself the culture because colombia is associated with coffee uh, also with bad things also but also with coffee so um, really coffee is, is part of my life and i still love it So that was my idea to just do the PhD and come back to Colombia. But then I noticed a lot of nice things in the banana world, also in the Netherlands. So my plans changed. So I decided to focus now on banana 100%. Let's say 98%, a little bit of coffee. And then just stay in banana. I didn't want to change crop anymore. And luckily, I've been able to do it. So I'm very happy for that. But I put everything everything I could to really make a difference in this research. That was what I told my promoter at at Bagning. You know, I was very honest and I told him like, you know, I'm not a PhD student, a normal PhD student. I'm already a researcher. So please let me do a lot of things that I want to do and treat me not like as a PhD student, treat me as a researcher. And I will do everything to make this program grow. And that was what happened actually. So I was the first one to arrive to this university to work in this topic as a PhD, because there were seven positions from for people from different parts of the world working on banana. And I was the selected person from Colombia. So which was a real honor for me. And so I said, okay, I will do the best. And of course, everything that I can help my country during this time, I will do it. And that's what I did
1: great and that's where you are now but i want to take a little bit step back yeah uh, to that phd and you just mentioned i think something very important that i've also heard other guests say uh, when we talk about feedback and how uh, to communicate with your supervisor right you said when you came you were very honest very important right to be very honest yes and you're like listen i'm here to be finish a phd but i'm not i don't really want to be treated as a phd student and that way you set these experiences right that you have of what you're coming to do and yeah how the supervisor should also keep that in mind so i think that's that's very important and it worked out good for you right did you have an okay relationship with your PhD supervisor as much as possible during the whole process
0: yeah 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 yeah. absolutely he he is a real great person very supportive, very kind person uh, and and somebody that you can talk to him and just say whatever you want. And he's always asking for honesty. So he always ask, tell me what's wrong and trying to to fix things that, of course, he's not perfect as nobody's perfect, but, uh, but we have a great relationship and he really trusts my work. And I think at the beginning we make a super good team at the university. He was in the more in the intellectual part, designing experiments together with me. But I was really starting everything at university with banana, because as I mentioned, when I came to Bahrain, they didn't even know how to grow bananas mm-hmm. in the greenhouse. So I had to incorporate all this knowledge uh, from Colombia in the in the greenhouse. And in, if you see my pictures from uh, five years ago when I started, compared with what we have now, it's just immense uh, difference, so yeah.
1: So you fell in love with the banana? uh,
0: Yes, absolutely. In addition to your
1: love, you already had for coffee. um, And you landed in a place that was quite supportive. Yes. Um, But what was it like to get used to this very different place? Was it easier or harder than you thought it would be? And and what helped you get through that time?
0: It was extremely difficult for me because uh, first of all, I didn't speak English very well. Still, I'm not a perfect, but uh, mainly because during all this time, the the group that hurt is the name of the supervisor uh, started was with people from Latin America. So the whole time, you he was also trying to speak Spanish. So it was very tough, tough to, for us to really improve our English uh, because we were speaking in Spanish the whole time and I, I told you i was preparing myself for a french environment so i was taking french lessons not english so i actually didn't even have the the test the TOEFL or something when i came i told i failed i failed the test just before coming and this supervisor as i said a great person said you know you will learn that don't worry you already know what's important right all the knowledge in in the crowd Come here and he believed in you. Yeah, and just come here and, and 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 do the test here, and you will pass. And that's what I did. So um, it was difficult first the language. Um, even though the Netherlands is very nice because everyone speaks English very well, and not Dutch because Dutch I'm still learning. So that was the first thing. The language was difficult, but I always found supportive people. Um, the food culture is completely different. Um, in the Netherlands but for the rest you know we should really be grateful and just try to adapt and I'm very good at that i just adaptable
1: okay that's good yeah uh, and and Wageningen is a place with a lot of students it uh, is right so it might be a bit easier to connect with others yes absolutely um, if you find hobbies or sports or something like that
0: yes that's true it's a week. The, the Dutch people call this like a bubble because it's really another, like a small country into a country. So it's uh, all the international, everyone speaks English and that's also bad because nobody learns Dutch. So it's uh, every time you try to speak Dutch with somebody, they just change to English to make it easier and then, that's it. So it's that's great, it's very international. I think you can find people from everywhere here. It's just amazing.
1: That's really nice. So it seems that you really did like Wageningen at the point where you finished your your PhD and also still the banana research because you stayed after becoming a doctor. And you're working at Keygene for two and a half years already as a postdoctoral researcher. And I want to ask you something about this part of your academic journey. What is it like to do a postdoc or research at a private company in comparison to the more traditional academic institution?
0: Yes, I'm I'm very happy and quite surprised when I took this opportunity. I was a little bit uh, afraid of how to handle this because I always wanted to just stay in the academia because I like publications. I like these kind of things. But at the same time, I found out that Kijin has a very interesting way to handle with this. And I'm very comfortable with this situation now because I'm partly private, but also academic, I'm in the middle which is nice because, first of all, I have the advantages of both sides. Which are? For example, the the time management is easier in the company because at the academia, you never stop. I was in the lab until 10 in the night, even longer sometimes, and it was okay. But now, even though I could do it if I want, it's not okay. They really ask you to stop and to relax, take your holidays, uh, all these advantages, a good salary, uh, we have to say that also, um, the feeling of safety again, being part of a company, be treated with more respect, of course, because I'm, uh, even though I'm a postdoc, I'm a researcher. In the university, you will be, oh the postdoc is just another PhD with more levels. So it's uh, this kind of situations I enjoy for, uh, being now in a private part. So, but still I can publish, I can teach the fun part of being an academic. So I like that.
1: So you really have the best of both worlds, but are there any cons too?
0: Um, Yeah, of course, there are many things that you are not comfortable with, but in the company, they are more impatient with results. They don't care about publications, so they want results like, okay, for, for example, if you say I'm going to do a, a breeding banana, they want to know when and they want to see the, the the product and when you say I would like to publish this I say oh yeah yeah but we want to see the banana first. So this is the the bad, the bad part but at the same time it's also nice because it's encouraging to to work faster and to to develop more skills and also right Bureaucracy, sometimes it takes more time to order something because it has to go to different uh, departments uh, when you want to buy uh, things, but also in a company, you have a lot of resources. So if you want to buy something, for example, you say, I need this machine for something, they say, okay, just bring it, this kind of thing. So it's, uh, it's, it's interesting.
1: Okay, yeah, and that you're already seeing
0: that. Yeah, for, for me, other thing that I don't really like too much is that I get used to a very easy rhythm at university. So I wanted to, some days I wanted to work until 10, let's say at night, but the next day I was just taking the morning free or something. In the company, you really have to be from this time to this time every day. So there is no escape. I don't like that, but but I get used yeah. to it.
1: That's what I usually tell people, that I I chose to become a PhD student because then I don't have to be anywhere at nine in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I just need to be on my computer, right? And I can schedule my own time. I I like that very much. Me
0: too, me too.
1: (laughs) But you also get used to it, right? Yeah,
0: you get used to everything. As I said, I'm very adaptable. And even though I'm not joining, for example, every coffee break, because in the company it really stop and go to the canteen, to your uh, colleagues and then continue working no i still in in that case i'm still in the academia sometimes i don't really have the coffee break just continue and then i decided just to stop randomly during the day but it's not a that part is more complex for me
1: okay um i also wanted to ask you um how you actually got to gijin right because you said before that the plan and your plans have changed along the way quite often <laughs> that yes. uh, your plan was to go back to Colombia to that company with coffee um, after the PhD, but you stayed and you're still working in Banana.
0: Yes, exactly. I am, during the first year, I think, of my PhD, I, I still wanted to come back to coffee, but slowly I just fell in love with Banana and I, I saw that the problem is really big and I th- See it also as an opportunity for me as an academic or as a researcher so i decided just to focus as i said before just 100 percent on banana and try to find a way to stay so of course the netherlands is not a producing banana country but at least it's very interesting and very powerful in terms of research so most of the publications important high impact publications in banana have had come from the University of Wageningen. So um, I was envisioning in my head that this cannot just finish in Wageningen, like, okay, PhD and then, okay, let's start now with another crop. No, I was sure that uh, my former bosses were more ambitious to continue and really establish a research group in the Netherlands. And I wanted to be part of that. So um, the university joined other companies in terms to join forces to start a research program in banana and of course for me was easy they open a position and i apply i also compete with other two people but i was like the most obvious person to hire because probably i'm not the best but at least i knew everything about bananas like the continuation of my work so they could hire another person expert in genetics and whatever but they didn't have the experience in banana so for me, it was like kind of easy to continue. And now um, my postdoc will finish next year and the, the research will still continue here in the Netherlands. And I'm still thinking what to do. So I'm if I have the chance to stay, I will uh, consider that opportunity. But I actually got offers from other places, including Colombia, to continue working with Banana. So I'm in that part now, which is very stressful. Uh, But I need to decide what's the best for me.
1: Yeah, right. And that's always the difficult question. So because we got here now, it's actually using my last question. But because you started there, I'm going to ask it now. What are you going to do with that? Right? With the postdoc, with the PhD, with Banana. You have one more year to go. What is coming next?
0: Yeah, this is a really difficult question that I cannot even solve for myself at the moment. The good thing is that everything I built, starting my from my agronomy background, is I'm very impressed. I never see myself that far, to be honest. Uh, when I was little, um, starting because I'm from a very small city in Colombia, it's not the capital or something, and my work had been recognized. Uh, I'm very happy with that, and it's also. I'm very happy because other companies want me in, uh, want me in in their in their uh, space to work in, in banana so this is nice And you
1: should be proud because you worked really hard for it yeah. already yeah, for but
0: quite you, some years too Exactly and you know that you never really think about those things and that's something that people should really consider sometimes just stop because you are always comparing yourself with people around you but you should compare with yourself of many years ago and then you will notice the difference so i'm i'm very happy that i i realized that in the last years and every time i go to colombia people are happy to see me very proud and i'm that makes me feel good and at this time the only thing i'm feeling is happiness because other companies are interested in my work and the only thing i need to do is to decide what to do but that of course is the most difficult because i don't know what's the best thing I need to evaluate to see what's the best if I want to continue in the private sector or come back to academia or just come back to Colombia is uh, something that I'm really thinking. But I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> As you said,
1: <laughs> maybe we'll see that uh, coming on your channels on, on YouTube, on TikTok, on Twitter or Instagram
0: exactly. uh, by the
1: time you have decided. Looking forward to that. Thank you. Okay. So we talked about you as a banana scientist so far, uh, and I'd like to switch to the banana man that you say you are in your free time and your creativity as a content creator. You share some of your research and we spoke about recipes and a lot of videos ranging from dressing up as a flying banana (laughs) to cutting down banana trees with that machete. Uh, But what is your idea or your goal behind this content?
0: That's also a very long story, but I will try to make it very short. I consider myself actually a content creator, and I do some science communication, but that's just part of the things I do. I started with all the social media very young when I was 20 on YouTube, and I was quite successful at that time, by doing completely different things. At that time, uh, I'm very fan of movies and action figures, so I was actually doing reviews for these, things on YouTube and I earned money on, on YouTube many times when it was easy to do it. Now it's very difficult because the rules change, but I was, let's say a YouTuber before the word YouTuber existed. So I was very successful with that. Cool. When I started to work in the in the company, I opened Twitter and I decided to combine a little bit of hobbies with more work. Um, things have changed a lot in the, in the last years. I'm talking about 2000 or something like that, 2005. And for me, researches were very boring. The typical post like, okay, very proud to share my paper and boom, uh, graph that nobody understands except the, the, own, the owner of that graph. So I decided to, why right. not combine? So I started on Twitter doing this uh, research and making it more fun. With my cartoons, my my videos, and, and etc.
1: So it's not only sci-com. No, but it's sci-fi. Sci-fi,
0: exactly. But I'm talking about 2003 or something like that. And you know, this brought me one of my worst um, disappointments because when I was very successful in these kind of things, I got very bad comments from my colleagues at work. And of course, I was very young at that time. We, you have to understand the difference in between cultures. I started to get comments like, hey, you're not working on the coffee, you're just doing videos. Or do you have time also to work? This kind of of messages of, um, of comments that really hurt me because I, I, according to me, I was doing nice things, but people didn't appreciate it. And I did something oh, that I will regret my whole life. I stopped for many years. I stopped doing that. So I lose one business because of course I, I was earning money with YouTube and also because of that I also created an online shop of figures, movies, etc. But I decided to stop just trying to to keep my work safe because I, I noticed that even my boss at, at some point made comments that I was doing nothing. Even though I was working until 10 in the night, weekends. So it was not really appreciated. So I stopped that completely. did delete...
1: disappointing.
0: Yeah. As I said, it's something I, re- I will regret my whole life because I also delete all my videos on YouTube.
1: Oh, no.
0: I, I didn't put them private or something. i just so disappointed that I deleted everything. But then when I came to the university in Wageningen, there was a communication department. And I started to give ideas. And they said, you know, you're very good with this. You Don't, don't you think that you can... <laughs> have a channel or something i said you know i have this already for many years and i've been doing this but i just stopped so actually i started to work with the communication department at the university to to grow the community research and then i just started to do this uh, com, but also trying to recover my other activities in photography in my cartoons and everything and of course now I'm trying to link everything with bananas, which is uh, my current work. But before it was everything with coffee. So um, I'm, I'm trying to do that. I consider myself a content creator and SciComm is part of what I do. I try to keep SciComm mostly on Twitter, but in my Instagram, it's just everything. So I, and, and actually it's nice because I have a lot of followers and just a few scientists there. It's, people really enjoy what I do. And they are happy that I'm teaching stuff. Uh, I enjoy that. And it's the people who call me Banana Man. My nickname has been Ferchoki for my whole life. And that's... But at some point, people started to call me Banana Man, Machete Man, uh, Banana Guard, Super Banana. So at the end, I said, okay, you know, at the beginning, I didn't like it. Because also in the, at the university, the people, say, hey, Banana Man, I really hate it at the beginning, but then, you know, mm,
1: it doesn't sound very professional maybe, but they meant like, well, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. At the be, but at the end I decided just to take it as a compliment. And I said, okay, then I, I, will, I will be banana man for you. And I'm just trying to do this fun stuff. <laughs> and, I, and also trying to sneaky put some knowledge in everything. So people will be curious and try to learn more about that. And that's the, the funny part of my work, I think. So to answer your question after this long story, uh, what I enjoy is teaching and I do, I try to do it in a funny way. It doesn't matter uh, because I always say for scientists, it's easy to get into the information. Scientists have access to the information. They can download the papers, but the people without the scientific background, they don't understand these complex graphs. So you have to make it easy for everyone. And that's what I'm doing now
1: accessible for everyone yes as exactly. it should be I'll cheer to that
0: cheers cheers <laughs> cheers
1: all right so I already asked the question of what you're going to do with that which we're going to find out later um, so that means that I'm ready to wrap up with a few more short questions okay at the end uh, so the first one I have is what was the most important conference for you that you've been to
0: hmm that's difficult um, because i've been in in many but i think the one in in the philippines in 2014 was the most important because it was at the beginning of our phd but we were treated already as researchers Um, and we presented our work and was really much appreciated and after that my complete network expanded like crazy so after that uh, conference i got requests and I could meet people that I was just dreaming. I was citing in every paper these people, and they were just there. So I was really the the one I remember with more passion. Let's say I really yes happy.
1: Okay, a little bit like a cheerleader in the start maybe, but now totally normal. <laughs> nice. Then, have you received a scholarship at any point or grants to help you somewhere?
0: The The complete PhD was a scholarship, uh, I that was um, a great opportunity, it was a lot of money that includes learning and also traveling so it was really a good thing because usually when people from Latin America come to the Netherlands they come with money from Colombia, that means that you have to return and return the money with work and that's what, one of the reasons why I decided to also take the banana um the banana opportunity because with this i'm free so after my phd i can do wherever i want and once i apply for grants just to travel to conferences so there are like local grants small grants here to just for traveling i i apply for those and i won a couple of those ones
1: very nice yeah. including the philippines
0: including the philippines
1: what do you consider to be your most important contribution to your field?
0: Well, I think there are quite a few nice ones. Uh, so the first one that I always remember is we reported the this disease for the first time outside of the origin area. So we found out that the disease was present in, in Jordan. And that was like the alert for the rest of the world, because for the first time, this disease was present outside of the small area of the Southeast Asia. And then it became a big problem for the rest of the world because for the first time, we noticed that the banana could be in risk. And I was the responsible for that, to find the, that disease. So that was my first paper. That was just after one, one, one year after I started my PhD. And it was because of my experience. Because my program was in plant breeding, but this was phytopathology. So because I had experience in both fields, my boss at that time said, okay, you are the only one that can do it here. So just do it. So I did it together with my colleagues and we published that. So that was the first thing. And like that, I reported the disease in, in different other areas, including my own country, which is very sad, but it's important because if you don't have the diagnosis of this disease, You cannot stop it. So that was my contribution. And the last thing I did was to write this book of diagnostics for Latin America. So now every lab can do it themselves.
1: Okay. Sounds very impressive. (laughs) Thank you. Who has impressed you, however, most with what they have accomplished? In banana. Or coffee or a superhero, maybe? But yeah, I mean, I'm asking a little bit regarding the research.
0: In the academic world, let's say, the the banana breeders from from France are my heroes they have a very nice way and just different way to improve bananas so one of the most famous breeders that was also my hero um is part of my articles now so i really i'm really happy with that that he wanted to work with me so that's a big achievement from my side and yeah He's, a, he's my hero in, in, in this case.
1: That's the best. I can only hope I will achieve something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then my very last question of today is, how do you relax after a hard day of work?
0: How do I relax?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I I have a lot of activities. Uh, as you notice in my Instagram and my Twitter, I'm just very easy to to relax, I'm very happy cooking, for example, that makes me extremely happy cooking for people, drawing, uh, going for walks, I'm playing Pokemon, for example, I'm just doing a lot of activities. I I have many hobbies and that makes me an easy person to get uh, relaxed. So depending on the weather or something, I just do different activities. I just enjoy doing little things, I'm very easy.
1: Which is much better than working until 10 at night in the lab, right?
0: Yeah, no, no, no. I didn't do that anymore. Since I started my postdoc, I really uh, followed the advice of my supervisors at, at Kijin and just relax and enjoy life. Because during my PhD, even though I was super happy, I, I see a lot of negativism always in Twitter. For the PhD, but for me, I don't know if this is a very unpopular opinion, but for me, the PhD was the best time of my life, and that's something that people should realize that it's just part of, of our lives, and we should really enjoy it. Doesn't matter for me if I have to work one day until ten, if I if the next day I'm just take it easy, and go later, for example. These kind of things helped me to go through my PhD, and even though it was difficult, I really enjoyed it, and for me, it was the best part of my life. I would be happy to do another PhD at, back in university, absolutely. So I, I know it's a very unpopular opinion, but that's the truth. Uh, so it's just part of our life and just enjoy, I think.
1: Well, if you manage to balance it well, together with your social or private life, uh, and you do have a bit of a support system, yes. it could be a really great time, right? You just have absolutely. to find that balance.
0: Uh, you have to be lucky because... Because I, I also know Colombian friends that just stopped in, the PhD in the middle because the, the supervisor was just a terrible person and, and they just had to change to another place, even to other countries. So it's not a, a silver bullet that is just like, okay, just enjoy your PhD. No, sometimes it's difficult. And I'm very glad that I was very lucky to be in a perfect place in the perfect moment. So I'm, I'm just happy with that.
1: I'm happy to hear that. Well, I had a great time today, Fernando, and thank you so much for joining us. I wish you the best of luck with all the projects and the same goes for our audience. Thank you again for listening. And we hope that the tips and advice that our guests share can help you too. Please don't forget to check out Fernando's social media channels with the handles at for Chucky and at for Chucky Garcia. And while you're at it, subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel as well
0: thank you very much all right thank you very much it was really a pleasure
1: it was i was happy that one of our earlier guests could now tell a little bit more about their research and their journey instead of only the research in 10 minutes at the conference online that we had uh, but i hope it helped you a little bit
0: <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely it's, it's super thank you very much for the invitation and really enjoy everything you do in social media as well
1: Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. I see that you have quite a few bananas behind you too, right?
0: Yeah, I have a a lot. I have like maybe 12 bananas and a lot of uh, different plants. I'm also a plant lover. I try to enjoy that part.
1: And the banana does well in your house?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not as well as in the greenhouse. But they they are growing. Maybe I will have some fruits next year.
1: Oh, okay, interesting.
0: (laughs) Yes, Yes, indeed.
1: Oh, great.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, uh, I think. Yeah.
1: What did you want to say? You can finish, that's all
0: right. I know, I wanted to say that the environment is too dry here at home. So, because the the heats are okay, water is fine, but the humidity is not proper for bananas. And of course, I cannot put humidity here because otherwise, all my books and stuff will (laughs) will be destroyed. But For the rest, as a, yes, as a ornamental plants, they are just pretty there.